Welcome to Stop, Hack, and Roll, a podcast about saying nice things about Kevin Petker. I'm James. And I'm Brandon. Today we're going to be talking about mechanics of fictional positioning, like aspects, tags, and threads. Hey, this is the second time in two days that you and I have recorded together. I know. And I think I think that and I know that like people always say this, but like I think we have a really nice episode. I think we've got a really nice episode ready for people. I Yeah. I feel good about the preparation we've done. I feel good about the topic. Yeah. I think it's just gonna be nice. Yeah. So um what did I want to say? Do we have any did we have any bookkeeping? I mean, James, I do um, just want to go back and say anytime sitting down and recording something with you is always nice. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. But I think just because we we kind of got into the flow with the previous conversation. Yeah. You know, with that with the, the Brodian City recording we did yesterday, it's oh, it was so additionally good. nice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This one feels like it's gonna be just especially nice. Yeah. So let's just you know what? Let's not even I don't think we have any bookkeeping. Um let's just jump right into this content. Cool. Sounds great to me. So I kind of half pitched this this idea to you uh, earlier, and I've mm-hmm. thrown some things in this in this notes document we have. Um, I just want to talk about. Um, I was struggling to find words because I don't want to just use the word aspects. Okay, but this idea of th- there's like a like there's there's mechanic there's like really mechanical mechanics. Yeah, like. Um, like your stats. Yeah, stats in most games are a mechanic. They are there. Uh, there's a descriptor word, but the thing that actually like does stuff in the system is the number. Right. So like even in even in masks, where the labels are descriptors of how your character sees it themselves, the practical way that that interacts with the mechanics of the game is there's a number next to it. Yeah, exactly. And so you're always translating the mechanic. Or the, you're translating the effect. Like if, if something triggers something or you're taking an action, you're translating those words into the number associated with it. Okay. And then using that number. Yeah. And I don't want to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> I want to talk about the other thing. Okay. Aspects, threads, truths, tags, whatever you call them. Okay. The things where it's a, it's a word, it's, an, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a plain language word. Um, and that is itself a mechanic of, in some sort. Right. Like the, 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 uh, mechanics of fictional positioning almost. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. And like, so like just to run through those that I gave those, those things that I gave as examples. Yeah. Aspects are like from fate aspects are words or phrases that describe characters they um they are something unique they are something noteworthy and and they they do a couple things they give you narrative permission to do stuff yeah they are so they 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 say because your character is x y and z it's good it's okay for them to narratively take these actions your character is a high flying sky pirate and so whenever someone needs to pilot the sky ship like they they're the ones who can do it because they have this aspect right um, the way that having a class or abilities or whatever f- certain feats in in D and D and other games would tell you that it's okay for your character to do this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have a mechanical system behind them, some a little bit um, that 
triggers, like you can spend fate points. They are the crux of the economy. Right. Um, but it, it is often that you are, you often spend those fate points to say, like you can spend the fate points to say, here's a bonus, like a mechanical bonus, but you can also spend fate points to create aspects, um, to create more words. Yeah. The other, so then moving on to tags, tags are, um, I know Apocalypse World uses them and Dungeon World uses them. Mm-hmm. They are less sentences and more short, like one, one, two word uh, phrases um, that describe thi- items primarily. Although I think that they have expanded to people too, or like items and monsters sometimes. Yeah, monsters have tags. Um, and they are things, and they and, and then then like Apocalypse World describes them falling into a couple different categories of mechanic mechanical tags, constraint tags, and cues. Okay, mechanical tags are the closest thing to the thing I said I didn't want to talk about, where it's like a word that says that it has extra armor, and so it's giving right. you a plus one. Um, but I'm more interested in the constraints and cues, which are things like range, which say this only has a medium range or a long range. Yeah. So you have to sort of narratively be within that range in order to use the thing or something like loud, which is a cue that says whenever you, you basically it says to the GM, whenever the, the player uses this item, they're being loud. Yeah. Draw attention to them. Loud, messy and forceful. My three favorite tags. Uh, and then truths are something that are truths and maybes and threads are all things that I've been thinking about a lot because I played Princess World with um, with uh, Kevin Petker at Dreamation recently. And I've yeah. been going through my thought processes of like how that uh, my thoughts about that game. And, and and I think that there is a very interesting thing. So like they are very they're more similar to aspects um, in that you often write down truths about your princess, about the world. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a cool thing it does with colors, specifically in Princess World, um, where you're writing down in your color ink. And so as you okay. people put together, like I think we didn't actually do this too much because the storybook edition, or the short story edition, doesn't have world building. Okay. But the full game is going to have this whole world building system where you write down truths about the world or about your your kingdom in particular, and then you have this big piece of paper in the middle that has a bunch of different colored words written on it. That's cool. Um, to indicate who created those words and those truths. Yeah. And then you have things like maybes, which are, are like truths, but they're written down in pencil. Okay. And so instead of being a permanent thing, like, a, like, the, like, the, like the truths that are true, they are always true. Those are written down in pen, in colored pen. These are written down in pencil. And so they are they are things, they're sign they're like cues. They're signals to the GM that this is a thing that you're interested in exploring, but also something that we all agree at the table that we don't know the answer to right now. Like okay. maybe the the um the great island of Atlantis is unsinkable, but we don't know that. <laughs> they, that's a thing they claim. Yeah. But let's explore and find out. As opposed and to then, the player that went, it is very important to me that the island of Atlantis is unsinkable. Yes. Therefore, I'm yeah. writing in ink. Yeah. Okay, My cool. sword cuts through everything. Yeah. And so that sword cuts through everything full stop. Yeah. We don't want any other stuff going on because that's what this is about. Yeah. And then threads are con- are truths that take the... And I, I think threads are the interesting thing in this uh, conversation to get into, which is threads are truths about your character's relationship with the other players. Okay. And so it is a physical piece of paper that you write down, I trust you unequivocally, and you hand it to the other player. 
and then they have a thing that is the truth about your relationship to them, and they can use it to do things like communicate with you, use your knowledge. Um, I guess they can take mechanics and stuff out of it, but like it's an interesting like it's a connection thing, and so I think it serves a, a greater purpose than just the mechanical. Uh, aspect of giving you like letting you take a 10 or getting a plus one right because you're looking down at this all of these pieces of paper you have in front of you and seeing the relationships you have with other players or with other characters okay that makes sense yeah i i admit i have not actually yet played princess world so you're gonna have to be leading me at least in part on those but it's very interesting and and the the truths section of it is incredibly strong and I it's it's I think it's like the key feature of the system that if you were going to take something out from it yeah um, it would be that I really like that a lot because it's it's a way as a person who likes fate <laughs> it is a way to hit aspects that is more than just the way that fate uses aspects and it's a way to bring them into PBTA um in a way that purely uses them in this storytelling met, uh, at, like way that aspects sort of are used in Fate yeah. without having to drive an economy off of it. It's just a way to define the boundaries of what the game is going to be about, which I, is really cool. Yeah, that absolutely is. Um, and, and that so, is not at all surprising to me that Kevin did something very cool. Yeah. He is a very yeah. good designer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and so I just want to talk about, I want to talk about those kinds of things, those kinds of mechanics that are they're narrative driven or they're narrative things they're like plain language yeah and they drive story and narrative out of them without having to be convert like uh twisted back into a mechanical is as much as possible like right um, that makes sense because i know i know that we were talking a little bit about where you were going with rad crawl and i know you were talking about including tags into that possibly definitely um and so i want to talk about that and just sort of see where this conversation goes yeah sounds good uh, I'm gonna be real. Tags are maybe my favorite thing that uh is in early Powered by the Apocalypse stuff that has kind of fallen by the wayside in some of the later ones. Um, if you look at like kind of your first gen stuff with mm-hmm. Apocalypse World, uh, Dungeon World, Monster Hearts, even into some of the sec- second gen stuff with like Urban Shadows, you see just like pretty much any item having tags on it. And those tags are essentially little GM moves. And like it's 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 fictional permission for the player and GM moves for the GM. Because yeah. when you are the player and you look down and you say, "Oh, my pistol is loud." That reminds you that you can get someone's attention using your pistol. Yeah. Uh like there's a lot of noise and you need to get someone's attention, you use your pistol cuz that's going to be loud. And as the GM when they use the pistol, you look down and you're like, oh, yeah, that's loud, isn't it? Hmm. And that's when the police arrive. Yeah. And it's it's kind of, I like the way that it's in, in a lot of games baked into the item yeah. name almost. So you can't, you almost can't just say, I'm going to fire my revolver. You've got to say, I'm going to fire off my big loud revolver. <laughs> and so it's like a way to build in reminders about those mechanics into like the language that your players are using to describe what they're doing, which that feels like really dogs in the vineyard. Yeah. Um, because that has like literally that literally has, uh, the option of giving Mm -hmm. your items, the big tag. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
And so that's kind of what I was thinking. But I, li- I like, so I like, I like those kinds of things that are, that are sort of more like social mechanics mm-hmm. um, than, than, than like, like crunchier, like numerical mechanics. Yeah. In the way, like, I, 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 I think my brain is thinking about it a lot like, um, like computer hacking versus social hacking. Okay. Like D&D is a game that is full of computer hacking. It oh, is, okay. There's numbers that do crunchy things. Yeah. Versus a lot of indie games have more social hacking. Like you put the tag big and loud next to the gun, and then that tricks the players into saying, I'm going to attack with my big, loud gun. Yeah. And that reminds <laughs> the GM that the gun is big and loud. And they're going to say big because they want to like show off how big their gun is. And then they say loud after it, not remembering that that's going to mean, oh, they're going to attract more zombies or whatever. Yeah. And I think that what's very cool with the way that tags work is that it could theoretically be anything like in general, the games tend to limit the amount of tags that they have just for kind of simplicity's sake. But, uh, but you can really get into some, some specific tags if you want to like, I think my favorite tag is forceful because it doesn't change anything on like a mechanical standpoint. It doesn't say you do more damage or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But if someone hits a goblin with a forceful hammer, that goblin goes flying. And like yeah. that is the player by, by the player having the weapon that is forceful and making sure that you know that weapon is forceful. They've said something about what they how they want to interact with the world. Yeah. It's like automatic cool points that you get to assign. <laughs> yeah. So okay, let me let me try to phrase this another way too, because I'm I'm just like coming at this thought. My my brain is kind of racing right okay. now. Okay. And I'm coming Take at this time. from a different from a from like a whole bunch of different angles. And so the way that I want to phrase this this time is that the point of tabletop games mm-hmm. is is it, I want to I'm gonna I'm going to like cautiously say advanced storytelling okay because if we were just purely interested in storytelling then we would just sit around a campfire and pass a stick or not even pass a stick we would just riff off of each other we would play something looser than than adventures of baron munchausen like (laughs) we would just it would just be people spouting stories with no limitations yeah but Tabletop gamers are interested in, in, in they're interested in advanced storytelling, which is li- where you you ha- you impose rules, you impose boundaries on the stories that you can tell, um, because through because because you want to say I'm the person who's the expert at this thing, and mm-hmm. so whenever we come up with that, whenever we come into contact with that thing, I'm the one who gets to say how that works, or you don't get to just say. Your these orcs are going to kill my character because I have all this. I've instituted because we've instituted this this armor system, right? Yeah. So that when you are telling the story of how the orcs attack me, I have a mechanical number that says, "Well, they don't they don't do it that much." Um, right. And yeah. and I think that tags and aspects and these tr- and truths and stuff like that they are an extension of that in a very elegant plain language way of saying if you say your 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 sword is large or if you say if you write down on your character sheet my sword cuts through anything well then that's a boundary 
but it's also an indicate. It's an indicator. It's a cue to you, the player. It's a reminder to you, the player, that this is something you're interested in. It's a reminder to the GM that this is a thing that you are. It's a reminder to the GM that this is a thing you are interested in. Yeah. It's a story cue for the GM because you're going to rely on your sword that cuts through anything. If yeah, you cut absolutely. Things. And so anytime they want to put a thing in front of you that needs to be cut, they should remember that they need to take your sword away first. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Make something but, more complicated than just cut through it. Um, but it's limited in the sense that if you need to not cut through something, it can't do that. Right. If you need to fire your gun quietly, too bad, it says loud next to it. Yeah. That's, and that, and so it's a way of laying, it's like an, I think it's a very elegant way of laying out boundaries to the stories we're telling, but without putting numbers behind them. And I think that's why I'm interested in them, in these systems. And like, and I like, I like, I just love the group storytelling that happens in the world building sessions of 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 uh, of the princess world game. Yeah. I, I didn't really get to do that, but I've read I've like I've, I've talked to Kevin about it a little bit and I I've done the character creation part of it. And just going through those 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 character que- like you have a, a series of questions. Yeah. Where it says like tell me about your your skateboard, tell me about your spaceship, tell me about your ray gun, tell me about yeah. your your uh your pirate ship. And you just write a thing that is true about it and it sets a boundary, it sets a, something you're interested in. And it aims the story in a specific direction. Yeah, because once you know that piece of information, you can start building stories around that. Yeah. That's interesting. Because um, it kind of comes at it from two different angles, right? Sometimes it is building the story towards what the player has chosen. Like if if you know that the player has, uh, has a forceful weapon or a loud weapon or whatever, you give them scenarios where that can be useful or difficult to have Mm -hmm. and then also just like the building out of potential for story when those tags come up unexpectedly um like the dungeon world scenario that i've heard a couple times is um people that wanted to like uh silently and without leaving too much of a mess or a fuss um like kill a guard so they can move on right and, but they don't they don't want to leave much of a mess. They're gonna hide the body, everything like that. Uh and their barbarian attacks with their messy weapon. And it's like, oh bad news. Yeah. You did yeah. not do what you wanted to do. But on the other hand, if they're trying to like show that things like if they're trying to be intimidating, that messy should work to their advantage, right? Mm-hmm. So like there's those kind of those two different sides of the story, the story coming in afterwards or before. Yeah, and I, I think the thing that I like about them about this kind of a mechanic being just like purely language. Yeah, is if you just had a if you just have a sword that has a bonus or it has a some kind of a like a numerical mechanic behind it. Yeah, but then you just like run through that math equation and then it's done. Yeah, and like the thing about it being a linguistic thing is that it tells you it's messy and that means that you're going to make a mess. Well, now yeah. there's a mess you have to deal with. And maybe we capture that with the, with having a sword that is vorpal or whatever, and like has some other mechanics behind it. But ultimately those are things that are tacked on, on top of the math equation. Yeah. Not the core and like crux of what the mechanic is doing. Right. So in like, 
if you use your Vorpal Blade and you don't chop their head off, then it was just a regular sword. Yeah. As opposed to, like, if you use a messy weapon, whether you killed them or not, you used a messy weapon and it did a thing. Mm -hmm. If you use the forceful weapon, even if they block every single point of damage, it is still relevant that, like, it hurt and strained every muscle in their body to hold you back because it's forceful. Yeah. Yeah. And th- and that drives it drives the story and the narrative forward in a way that is more direct yeah. than than having to like step aside to do the math and then come back. Yeah. It's it's so mm-hmm. easy to at the end of a round of D&D go, "Okay, I did 13 damage." But like when you're looking down at the tags in front of you, you're hope you're probably going to use them more because they're just more available. It's that cognitive activation of having those there. Um, you're constantly seeing those words in front of you mm-hmm. because, and you're and you're not being distracted by anything else because yeah. those are the words that are there to describe the thing. It's the entire mechanic. Um, it's the whole mechanic. Yeah. So I want to. I do want to like now that we've like talked about this a whole bunch. I do want to talk about how you <laughs> have are doing. Are you you're thinking about implementing something like that it tags into uh, Radcrawl? Yeah, I'm doing a couple little things with it. There, there's kind of two different sides of what I'm doing with it. One is just doing the narrative positioning style tags, where like I want to be able to say something is messy or forceful or whatever, right? Just because that's cool. Mm-hmm. And so like, that's just a fun thing to have on the items. And given that items are going to be like the core of the game, I think it's important to give lots of opportunity to play around with those kinds of things. It's an easy way to convey information quickly, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this this weapon is this weapon is precise. This weapon isn't. That changes the way you think about how the items look, right? Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I'm doing is kind of like putting stats, skills, <laughs> yeah, everything as being like a thing that you're counting tags. Um, so if you're using like if you're using your ice sword that is super swordy and super icy, then maybe you're counting the number of, uh, yeah, you heard me. You're counting the number of strong tags you have and mm-hmm. the number of icy tags you have and like adding those together for your role. Yeah, that's really interesting too. Um, I, I kind of really like the idea that it's not that you're not ending up with a system. Like, so like ultimately you are probably going to say, so it has X number of strong tags on it. So I get to roll a plus X. Yeah. Um, but I like that. It's not as clear. It's not as like concise as, or it's not as, as, as locked into one thing as like, it's got plus N armor. Yeah. It's more like how many, it sounds like what you're doing is saying you'll, if you're rolling an attack against, the if you're rolling an attack against uh, an undead skeleton, yeah, well then ask the question: How many tags does it have that that would make it better at fighting the undead? Oh, you actually just busted my brain open because <laughs> and that so then you would look wasn't for like my intention. Oh, okay. Well, uh, okay. Because then I'm thinking, okay, well, we're then in rewrites. 
<laughs> the, you would look for things like, okay, well, the sword says it's holy. The sword also says it's bludgeoning, which is better yeah. for attacking uh, uh, skeletons. It also says that it was it was blessed once, or like uh, that. I I locked myself in there. There's not a whole lot of things that are, but like, like, uh, yeah. Um, I think that there's a, there's a way where you can like have it be like a almost have a little bit of an argument, like the way argument's the wrong word but like it's a little bit more fluid you could say yeah. what like which of these uh, which uh the way um uh um i'm thinking of wushu where you oh, have yeah. a bunch of of aspects that are describe your character and when you roll you try to like argue for which of them are relevant yeah uh and i think that that would be a cool way to do that with tags because you have so many more tags yeah absolutely what what I'd been kind of looking at initially was that you roll plus a like primary a primary tag and like a secondary tag mm-hmm. that like primary tags are the things that are essentially your stats right you're gonna end up with at least one strong tag if you are a fighter of any kind um and like you choose I think a primary tag at the beginning of the game uh. That is just like your plus one that you start out with. Um, And then the secondary tags are much rarer. But now that I'm thinking, now that you suggested that, I'm going like, ah, what if the secondary tag isn't based on the weapon you're using, but based on the opponent you're fighting? Mm -hmm. So like you're using your axe, of course you're going to be rolling plus strong. But if you're attacking a like ice mephit, versus a golem of clay those are two very different things and then your secondary really ties in and and things like if it's a flaming axe yeah well then maybe a flaming axe doesn't do extra damage against a like a water imp but it would against an ice imp and so Mm. if the if, if the if the monsters also have tags on them then the way that those tags interact with each other Gets more interesting. drive your bonuses. Yeah, it's very yeah. interesting. Because then you like could that. also have like, oh, this monster has a plus tag against this and a minus tag against this. So it's like, oh, this monster resists piercing. Yeah. So if your weapon is piercing, that's a minus one. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> this monster resists ice, and it's like, oh, the only weapon I have with me is this ice dagger. Uh, I guess yeah. I'm not killing this monster. Or you're gonna yeah, you're gonna do something else. Yeah, or you're gonna do something else. Uh, that's interesting. I mm. that was just kind of how I assumed you were going with that. And then uh well no, I guess you have to think about it. My thinking had had essentially been that the secondary stats are is mostly like about creating sets of items. Mm-hmm. So like I have a necrotic knife oh, and I'm also wearing necrotic armor. So the mm-hmm. necrotic from my armor gets applied to my knife as well. So that's a plus two for each of the, like a plus one for each necrotic. Yeah, I gotcha. I think that, that like it stacks and builds and stuff. But there's no reason that also can't be the case with the villain establishing what your secondary is. Like, yeah. I'm going up against, I guess, an angel, maybe, with necrotic damage. Yeah, Don't feel no. great about that. Anything with just flesh? Yeah, no, I'm going up against a, an angel because I'm going to make some tacos, Nahual style. Yeah. And uh, 
And so I, I have necrotic cape, I've got a necrotic knife, I've got necrotic boots. And so I'm doing more damage because I have more necrotic oomph yeah. behind me. Yeah. I wonder if you are you are you dividing up um damage and attack rolls? I don't know. Cause I was gonna say if you were doing that, you could almost do both. Yeah. Do things like add up all the tags that are relevant to the attack. Oh, yeah. And then if you have, and then once you're talking about doing damage, well, I've got four necrotic tags so that it does plus four damage. Yeah, that that's actually pretty slick right there. That it takes extra damage. Then you have damage. to do two rolls. And then behind, after the, and then in the other case, you have like, oh, this, uh, I'm doing necrotic damage against a, uh, against a vampire. So minus two. Yeah whatever hmm <laughs> yeah it does that does mean you have to do two rolls which would slow the game down a little but this bit. is also supposed to be very D. &D. It <laughs> you is, know yeah. like this is a D, D. this is a D, D game if there were enough tags that that talked about doing damage you could almost yeah. maybe use them as flat numbers yeah as true. opposed to rolling a die but we are very off topic from mine <laughs> now we're talking about numbers <laughs> yeah we've gone a little off there um, but I think also within within the game, there's no reason there shouldn't be like you should still be paying attention to what the different tags are. Like, even if there isn't a statistical difference on the monster you're fighting, mm -hmm. if you're using a if you're using a poison blade, then you can be describing that differently. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And you should be. You should be right. Uh, true for for messy, forceful, precise, whatever it is that you're messing with. Mm -hmm. And so there's definitely going to be some of each of those things. Yeah, it's telling you how to describe how it's it's a guide for the theater of your mind. That's yeah. telling you what this story looks like. Yeah. As you play through it. Now, things could potentially get awkward with this game because you can go like, oh, I have a fire axe and I've just gone into a grass temple and things <laughs> are going to go very, very well oh. for me. Uh, but that's not that's not bad that's so roguelikey yeah 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 oh that's this is an interesting game i really want to i want to play this game i need to finish <laughs> this game yeah i really want to play this game too i need to get some work done so we can actually play it mm -hmm. i think actually uh, we could maybe play it now yeah. uh hp is essentially a number we just make up off the top of our heads currently <laughs> hey that's fair uh monsters are a little come up off the top of my head but apart from that, it's playable at this point. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I've been trying to think about how I can use. So, like, I want to. I want to talk. I want to jump back and talk about the truths and maybes. Because, okay. Because cool. again, Princess World has been in my head a whole lot because yeah. I've been I've been talking to Kevin about it and I've been trying to like put all of my thoughts about the game into like writing so I can hand it to him and be like, here's my feedback. You should make sure that Kevin uh, does some talks about Princess World soon on his YouTube channel, which has just gone. Yeah. Up. We'll put a link in the show oh. notes. Yeah. All right. Get yeah, on that YouTube also. Wow. <laughs> um, and and I love this idea that, and it's so fitting for Princess World that you are setting down truths about your 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 kingdom that you are the princess of, and you're setting down truths about the world around you, and you're yeah. doing that in the colors of like your of your pen or your crayon or whatever. Um, and I think that that's. That's really good for that genre, but how do I take that out of the princess setting mm. and do that and capture that same kind of group storytelling 
that that like obviously like I don't know if it would make like if I was going to use that in my if I was going to do a like a, a an opening move like a, an establishing yeah. uh thing world building for my thing. for my mission control game um well like obviously it doesn't make sense that the different uh the different NASA employees have different colored pencils. Like they're not, right. it's not the same as, <laughs> as uh, they're not princesses. They're all using the same government issued blue pen. Um, so how do yeah. I capture that same thing without like losing too much of the soul of what that is? Like what, what's so good about it? Is is the thing that you're liking about it the physical manifestation of it, or the I think the thing, thing that I itself? like about it is I like I li- the, to the two things that I like about it the most are the the physical manifestation of it that it's yeah. a physical thing that there's a piece of paper in front of you that's yeah. just where you've described where you as a group have described something and there's the community aspect of it that it is it's not just in front of you so that you can see it it's in front of you because you have all written on it. Yeah. And and I think that like the color aspect of it is just there to help you see like who wrote those things. Right. And whose whose kingdom is more relevant in play right now. Um and and then also in in Princess World specifically there is like a there's a uh, a bl- there's blots of fade and there's like the the great evil that's that's approaching and attacking the princess yeah. kingdoms and so those truths about that like negative truths are all written down in black pen yeah or whatever the relevant color to the fade is or to the to the negative at, like uh, thing is mm-hmm. whether I think there's like corruption and rust and, and all that sort of other stuff yeah yeah um, and so you can see how many now. negative truths there are quickly it's a it's a it's a quick system for looking to see what has influence over the world so I think it depends a little bit game to game mm-hmm. I'm I'm wondering if the if like the map is the right thing to be looking for right like mm-hmm. just determining what makes sense for your map. Um, if I'm talking about urban shadows, then having a map of the city where people are putting down pieces of information, maybe even set it, oh, you know what you do? You just theme it the right way. Mm-hmm. Urban shadows, you get the map, you get a bunch of pins, and you get a bunch yeah. of string. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is werewolf territory. Boom, 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 boom. Here's notes for werewolf territory. You scrawl it in big, like, ugly, scratchy letters. Yeah. Uh, for your game, uh, going into space, I think you're looking at different piles of post-it notes. You've got yeah, like, a I've map al- of the station or the map of the rocket. And yeah, like, I've I've even been thinking just um like just like there's uh just grid paper and you draw out where um where the different like things are in mission control like yeah, here's the mission exactly. control building here's the vehicle assembly building here's the yeah. launch pad here's the runway and then yeah put sticky notes on top of it to like label them with with uh temporary things yeah engineering has blue sticky notes because they just do oh that's good uh yeah and so like each player has their own stack of sticky notes mm-hmm. but it still looks office yeah, because in my game, especially the players were going to represent heads of departments. Yeah, and so having them have different, I like that. And then I can even, I could almost even do the the permanent truths versus temporary truths. Yeah, by saying things that are permanent truths that you create during world building, they go on in pen on the map. Yeah, but things that are temporary truths are like. Uh, this building exploded during our last test, and that goes on a sticky note, which goes on the map. Right, as opposed to being a permanent thing. Oh, that's or really e- good. Even taping down the sticky note. 
Yeah. So it's like stays there so that you maintain the same aesthetic because what would feel a little weird is like engineering has pink pens. Uh, yeah, no, we wouldn't like, want that. That's not as, that's not like as businessy feeling as opposed to like yeah. engineering has pink uh, sticky notes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, the different per- people might use different color pens, but again, yeah, I think it makes sense that it's different. I, I like that a lot because I've been looking for a, and the reason why I brought this up is like, I've been, I've been, as I've been thinking about this game more, yeah. I've been thinking about, like, I want to have a world, a robust world building opening for yeah. this game. The way that like when you, because again, it's going to be based on, on Blades in the Dark. Yeah. So there will probably be a playbook. That is not your gang or whatever, but it's your it's your it's the mission control. Mission control. It's the launch yeah. facility, basically. Um, and 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 Blades of the Dark the actually has like has a map that drives or that that um that lays out where all the things are and like as you like yeah. advance through the system, you are um you're upgrading different sections of the map to upgrade yeah. different sections of your of your like you're physically taking over space in 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 Duskwall or whatever. Um, and that was the part that I wasn't sure I wanted, like the the like the the narrative aspect of it, where you're describing what kind of a, a, a mission you're doing, you're describing your facility, you're describing moves that are specific to the facility, that sort of stuff. I like all that. The sort of nitpickier stuff about like advancement for the facility is the stuff that I'm not as interested in. But I do like the idea of having a map. I like the idea of having a big sheet of paper in front of you. Yeah. Um. And I like the idea of sticky notes to like mark off. Uh, temporary setbacks or disadvantages and stuff like that, and I think, I think that that is a way that a thing that I'm going to have to pursue because I think that this truths like world building stuff that Kevin is doing is just absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and I want to steal it. <laughs> yeah, and then that also gives a good excuse to like take out a red sharpie mm-hmm. and like circle something and be like, hey, you are in some serious trouble with this. Yeah. This is not going away. This is a problem that you will always have to deal with. Ha ha. It also lets you do stuff like, say, um, if you wanted to do physical advancement of the facility, like let's build yeah. a larger vehicle assembly building or let's build a second launch pad. Yeah. It lets you marker and like draw an arrow and say like, here, draw, like build a second pad. And then like two, two sessions later when it's done, you then draw it in in pencil or whatever. Yeah. And now it's there permanently. That's slick. I like it. Oh, I'm going to have to definitely use that. I think this is good. It is a, it is a very nice idea that came together nicely. <laughs> I like how nicely it came together. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I gotta, I gotta finish. I gotta. I want. I'm, I, I so desperately <laughs> want to work on this game more. I yeah. need to go back and finish a space between because that game is like. That's I think like it's much that. closer to being done. And I just want to work on the next game, but I can't like give myself yeah. narrative permission to do that <laughs> because I haven't finished the other game yet. That you've got the tag quagmired. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. So. What do you need to do? Here, here's something. So I'm, I'm now, you know me mm-hmm. and how like crazy I go in on philosophies. Like I can't watch tidying up with Marie Kondo. I have to Marie Kondo <laughs> everything in my entire life. And this whole like hashtag TTRPG hustle yeah. is just like blowing up my brain. My brain is on fire <laughs> with it at all times. And so I just want to know like what needs to happen Mm-hmm. for the space to between to okay. like be more present in the world 
So I have a I have a I have a very definitive answer to that actually. Because okay. I've I too have started to to try to get my stuff together. Um I am not following anything that Marie Kondo has written. Um no, the, I, TTRPG I'm, I'm, Hustle is not Marie Kondo. That's just an um, unrelated thing in my life okay. right now. <laughs> uh I um I I've been focusing more on on the I I'm a big proponent of the getting things done school mm-hmm. of thought and so i've been trying to like put things together like that and like my next so like what the thing that i need to do is i need to to get this game more present in the world mm-hmm. is i need to write down all of actually they're already written down i have all of the um the the things on the cards okay and i actually like i showed you earlier this um i've been i've been setting things up in notion okay. uh, which is a web service oh yeah yeah um that you can do a lot of things with, but one of the things that you can do is make like a Kanban style board. Um, okay. And, and so it was a thing that actually like uh, Taylor the Bresh, when he uh, play tested the game, told me that I should do, and I've been meaning to do it forever, which is like go through and look at all of the prompts. And then, and then actually, this is going to tie back very nicely. Um, <laughs> almost write down aspects for them. And say okay. like, oh, okay. this prompt is sad. This yeah. prompt makes is or like the goal of this prompt is to make the players sad. Yeah. The goal of this prompt is to make the players melancholy. So yeah. it's almost like like what I need to do is basically build a tag system. Yeah. But then like don't a- show it to the players. Because yeah. my goal is not to like show my hand there. Um because You're kind of like building a flavor palette for the game. Right. Because what Taylor had said was the game is too sad. And okay. I've I've said openly that I'm not going for sad. Yeah, I'm going for melancholy, which, okay. which is like a, a nice like it's the point where it's when nice, you feel there's sad, there's a nice difference. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a, it's a different kind of thing. It's where you feel bad about feeling good, and you feel good about feeling bad. <laughs> it's kind of how I'm gonna sort of poorly okay. probably describe what melancholy is. Nice, I like um, it. But and so I think that laying all of the the different prompts out. And tagging them like that in different yeah. Kanban uh, columns will help me make sure that I'm balancing the game right. Okay. And from there, then I just need to start like writing down some of the rules. Like the biggest hurdle yeah. between someone else being able to play the uh, game is oh right now the game is just a bunch of cards and no instructions. James, I can't even tell you how much <laughs> that is a big mood for me. Yeah. 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 Um, I hate and so I need to rules get down. the rules out of my head yeah. and, that, and onto a paper so I can hand uh, them to someone else and say, go play this. And and then I need to figure out a couple other things. Like there's yeah. like the currency system. <laughs> I have been, like, I've, been, I've been doing currency the way that you've been doing health points where it's like, just make it up. Just make it up. Just make, make it up. up. I don't care. Game. Yeah. Um, and so I need to work on that. That's like my so my first action, my next like in 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 getting things done lingo. My next action is putting all of the cards into Notion so I can see them all laid out. Okay. And following that, I know like I've taken notes of like I, then I need to start writing down some of the rules. I need to start writing down some of the setting. I need to figure out how the how the mechanic for currency is going to work. I okay. have a better idea. I have some mechanics that have not existed in the game yet. But all of the feedback I've gotten from other players and from listening to people play yeah. has told me I need. Okay. Like I need a I need a rule for how much time has passed between missions. Okay. Like when the hauler comes back, how much time do they spend on Earth before they go back out? 
everyone wants to know that. And so I need to make it a mechanic, th- like a mechanical thing. Yeah. And it will also be a thing that you spend currency on. Like you spend more okay. currency to stay to longer. To stay longer. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Um, I have the pipe dream of making it a multiplayer game, of making it yeah. like a four player game. There are some major hurdles between me and there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to the point where I may not be able to do it initially. I, okay. I should probably work on the game as a two player game. Yeah. To get it done. Because I, the more that I play it, the more it'll either, I, the more that I can tell, like from the time that I played it with, as a four-player game, I came to the conclusion that either if I tighten the cards up and tighten the prompts up, it'll just work. Yeah. Or it will require a whole second <laughs> deck of cards. Yeah. And so either way, I just need to make the first two-player game work. Yeah. And then you it'll always, either, you it'll either just work the, or I'll need more work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so that's the first step. That's the minimum viable product. Okay. So it sounded to me like you have a couple things that would take very little time. Yes. Uh, like, which is like sticking it into the, sticking into yeah, the thing, I, sticking the tags. I have like, all the cards written down in Google Docs anyway. I just need yeah. to transition them into individual cards in Notion and then start tagging them. Right. Which you could do in Notion or just do it physically. Whatever mm-hmm. like makes more sense to you, right? Which doesn't take no time, but that's like a solo activity, right? Like it's I would, a relatively yeah, easy I, solo activity. I would log that as a low energy yeah. thing. Um, I have, in fact, logged it as a low energy thing. It's a low energy thing. Okay. Because uh, um, I, I log all of my tasks as low, medium, or high energy. Okay. Um, writing is a literally impossible task to do that nobody in the world has ever <laughs> actually managed. No, it's um, a medium task. That's a literally impossible task. No book has ever been written. No rules no. have ever been transcribed. It's a medium uh, energy that's a task. Pipe dream. Because it's something that takes more energy than browsing Amazon to buy something. So it takes energy, mental energy, and focus okay. to do. But it doesn't take getting in a vehicle to go somewhere to do. Okay. Okay. So it's a medium energy task. But but it does require sitting still. Yes. looking at just a screen so it is well, sure. physically impossible because uh, <laughs> there's nothing happening on the screen yes um yeah so that's literally impossible i cannot help you with it you will you will perish before you manage to do that yeah as will luckily we all. most of the like again this is my like ridiculous goal is that i want you to be able to read the rule book and not realize you're reading a rule book so <laughs> most of the rules or or like my again my stupid goal is to make it as much of it as possible in universe yeah. So the manual is gonna be like the manual for the game is a manual for like the characters. Yeah, it's gonna I be in, almost entirely in universe. Yeah. If, like I swear to you, if my game, if I ever print a physical book or yeah. have a PDF, and that book does not have a coffee stain on it somewhere, <laughs> I have done it wrong. Yeah, I'll I'll slap you if you do that. Yes, please. Uh, yeah, I I promise because that's important. Are, it's very important. I feel like your first phase of writing games was sad dinosaur games, and your second yes. phase of writing games is games that have coffee stains on them. Yes. So oh, yeah, yes. Coffee yeah. games. Coffee games. Coffee stain games. Coffee stain. That's the title of my oh, company now. Dang, that's a good company name. Hold on. Thank coffee stain. <laughs> Oh, I think Coffee Stain uh, Publishing exists. There's a Coffee Stain Studios that made Goat Simulator. Ah, uh, that's they have a sucks. good logo too. 
They're a Swedish video game developer. They do. Oh, okay. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say Stop Back and Roll just changed the yeah. name of the network. <laughs> Don't you dare cut any of this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is gold. But yeah. I also think that there is a part of this that is a Stop Back and Roll episode. Yeah. I think that the currency is a Stop Back and Roll episode. Yeah. Do you want to do that? Yeah, I think I think that there is so something that we have been talking about a little bit um just for like personal stuff. Yeah. But in general, uh is is use is I've been I've been re, I have been thinking about what stop back and roll looks like in yeah. 2019. And I think that one of the things that we kind of agree stop back and roll is going to look like is 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 more of a a, a, a the two of us checking in on the games we've been working on. Yeah. Um, and so I think that this this thing we did it here at the end of, the, of this episode where we stopped and talked about what I needed to do next is a thing that we should do for all of our games every episode. Like I think we should just end yeah. every episode with checking in and saying, "What's the next thing you need to do? What's preventing you from doing it?" I just realized that our show's format is the opposite of the name. Yeah, because we start off by talking about what games we've played. Yeah, then we hack. And yep. now we're going to stop yep. and talk about it. Perfect. Perfect. Good. Glad we did that backwards. <laughs> so, so okay. So let's let's turn this around then. Yeah. Where well, okay. Um I won't talk about Passion because you've I think you've got that either on lock or writing. You're just rewriting. Where are it's you with writing. with Radcrawl then? What's the thing you have to do next? What's stopping you from moving forward? How can I help? How does it make I, you feel? I think that honestly, Rad Crawl needs a playtest. Okay. Because I don't know if it functionally works. And I've got some cards. I need to write more cards. Uh, this idea of moving some of the, like the targeting, the rolling stuff or the damage stuff onto monsters appeals to me. But I don't know 100% sure how that will work. Yeah. Um, I'm also very busy um, yes. because I'm now setting up some stuff. I've set up some stuff with Patreon that requires a little bit of time, mm -hmm. uh, which I'm very happy to do. I'm actually really excited about a lot of it. Um, I'm doing my videos, which is taking some additional time that I'm getting used to spending. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, keeping Radcrawl on the... Keeping Radcrawl from being fully on the back burner yeah. is something that I simultaneously would love to do. Mm -hmm. And also, Radcrawl might need to be temporarily, partially on the back burner. Yeah. Um, well, just like, cause I, I'm also preparing, uh, preparing a nursery and things like yeah, that, uh, yeah. and trying to find a new job. And so there's just a lot of a lot things of up in the air yeah. right now. All right. Well, I, I think if nothing else, having the idea of what you need to do next is good. And yeah. I can tell you from my game is not exactly a card game. It's, a, it's maybe a card LARP. It's, it's a card <laughs> something. Um, there is a, a, a an aspect of of card based games, yeah. Where like mine are purely prompts, but even like the things that you have on cards are prompts, sort yeah. of. Um, they will interact in ways that you did not imagine they would. Yes, and and you will suddenly see interactions and go, "Ooh, I was gonna write a mechanic to do this, but that doesn't matter anymore. This is now the thrust of the game." Yeah, and so getting that playtest whenever you can. Uh, will be super important. Yeah, and definitely, like, the core thing that I'm looking for is just to to keep things fun and moving and deadly and have you play the game and go, like, oh, we all died. That's fine. Yeah. Like, yeah. um, almost like Pandemic, right? 
mm-hmm. that you play and like sometimes you win sometimes you lose and it's like pretty much okay when you lose <laughs> Yeah, sometimes you play the game wrong and win, and you're like, oh, well, that feels real cheap oh, now, because yeah. we didn't play the right, and we made it super easy. Yeah, that, that's another option. <laughs> and maybe maybe that's maybe it's still the only time you've ever played Pandemic. And, Is that really uh, the only time you've played Pandemic? Yeah, I think so. Wow. A, I'm undefeated in Pandemic, because I cheated. Because you cheated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, take that, board gaming community. <laughs> I wonder if there's any games that I'm undefeated in because I cheated. Mostly I cheat the other way, too. That's the other thing. Most of the time I read the rules wrong and I make it so much harder for myself. Like uh, Zombie Panic. Yeah, Zombie Panic. Or Dead Panic. Dead Panic. I played the game so much worse. (laughs) It was so hard. (laughs) We almost won, too. So I think we should just wrap up this We need to wrap. Um, Because everything before, like, the last three minutes was, like, really nicely put together. Yeah. And I don't want us to lose kind of that nice streak we've got going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, let's see. Um... So reach out. Uh, yeah. So if you are if you are Kevin Petker and you have written a game about princesses and you have some thoughts about uh, how to take that mechanic out of your game and put it into my game, uh, reach out to me on Twitter. And if you if you are other people and you have some thoughts about um, narrative word focused mechanics, hit us up on Twitter. Um, you can find us together at Stop Hack and Roll, or I am individually at End the Meltdowns. You get a plus one bonus against me if you use hashtag TTRPG Hustle. So be sure to hit that tag as well. Uh, it's narrative permission to get in contact. Mm-hmm. You can find all of our episodes, links to some of the games we've been working on at www.stophackandroll.com. Um, you can email us if that's your your internet communication of choice at either James or Brandon at stophackandroll.com. If you'd like more game design and GMing information from me, uh, check out my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Gambetta. And most of those episodes are 10, 15 minute episodes? Yep. I'm trying to keep it real short, real tight. And so, YouTube yeah. format. If you if you've been trying to, like I think the big one is recently if you've been trying to get your friends to play masks and they just like <laughs> won't for some reason yeah first, like Brandon's been making a lot of really tight ten minute episodes about like why you should do that and why that game is great. There's literally a a episode a uh, there's literally a video called Why I Love Masks uh, yeah. and it's I've I think three or four different people have told me they've gotten their group to have more interest <laughs> through it so I'm pretty well, pumped. There you go. <laughs> Check out Brandon's YouTube channel. Follow him. Uh, like and subscribe. Hit that little bell. Yeah, ring that, that bell. Stuff. Um, <laughs> and, and, so and rate and review our podcast on iTunes to help other yeah. people find the show. Rating, Same thing. Rating and reviewing is like hitting the bell. It's like hitting the bell. Um, and it's it's honestly, it makes such a huge difference. I'm now, you've handled all the tech stuff on our podcasts, and I'm handling the tech stuff on my YouTube channel, obviously, <laughs> since me. <laughs> Um, and now I'm starting to like understand analytics and, oh my God, please like, and subscribe, but please rate and review yeah. hit yeah. as many bells as you can. Just give so many <laughs> angels wings. Um, if you would like, if you have enjoyed how nice this episode was and you want to support us in so many other ways, um, then you can do that. And one of the ways that people support us is by backing us on Patreon. Uh, and so I would like to take a moment to welcome our new backers, uh, backers like C. Perrin, Chris Wittich, Brett Valls, Jason Hill, Shaban Garland, and Rich Howard, um, as well as thank some of our old favorites like Will and Ben J. Uh, 
like Will and Benj and Refined Ursine and Troy Pitchelman and Amar Al-Azizi. Wow, what a nice list of people. Yeah, that's a very nice list of people. Um, thank you all for supporting us. Um, you make this show and all of our shows possible. Um, if you would like to join that list of names, then you can find us at patreon.com slash stop, hack, and roll. If you can't support us financially, then please support our community by becoming a part of it. Uh, we have a ton of game design talk and discussion. I've been seeing some people posting on Twitter about how like it's really hard to find good game design spaces, especially with G plus disappearing. Mm. And like straight up the stop back and roll discord is my favorite place to do game design. It is. A hu- yeah. A huge number on. of like, there are like at least three or four games I can point to and say like they, they were in large part designed in our discord, which is really cool. Like start to finish. They mentioned the first idea and then yeah. like the finished product is playable and linked. Well, uh, it's a very nice group of people. And if you would like to join them, you can check us out at tinyurl.com slash SHR Discord or discord.stopbackandroll.com. So as you're putting your cards into stacks of cards that are messy, forceful, precise, and nice, don't forget to stop, hack, and roll. Welcome to Stop, Back, and Roll, a podcast about using words like nice to describe numbers like 69. I'm James. <laughs> I'm Brandon. Today.